Hello everyone. You are listening to the Creative Biolabs podcast, we provide reliable exosome-related services and products to clients around the world. Our services cover all aspects of exosome isolation and purification, identification, antibody and engineering. Dear friends in the audience, welcome to our program on time every Saturday night, I'm Connie. And in this episode, I'm joined by our old friend, Dr. Hofstadter. We are going to be discussing more interesting knowledge together. Dr. Hofstadter, welcome and thank you again for being here with us. So just to start as usual, would you say hello to our audience? Good evening, every dear friend in the audience. Good evening Connie, nice to see you again. So, in the last episode, we mentioned that an important feature of malignant tumors is the occurrence of metastasis to other organs or blood. Escape of immune surveillance by tumor cells is necessary during metastasis and progression. In both respects, exosomes have important and complex effects on tumors. For example, exosomes from melanoma can spread to sentinel lymph nodes and help create an environment conducive to metastasis. In addition, exosomes stimulate angiogenesis by producing various cytokines. Tumors may release exosomes that provide immune-suppressing signals. Multiple studies have demonstrated that tumor-derived exosomes inhibit immune surveillance through multiple pathways and multiple phenotypic effects. Finally, we briefly introduced the effect of tumor-derived exosomes on tumor therapy resistance. Today, we are going to talk about the use of exosomes in the detection, diagnosis, prognosis, prediction, and treatment of tumors. Where do we start, Dr. Hofstadter? Okay, first of all, we must understand that many aspects of tumor-derived exosomes that affect the development, progression, and dissemination of the tumor cell of origin, often reflect the molecular characteristics of the tumor of origin. Since tumor-derived exosomes may contain abundant concentrations of biomarkers, molecular profiling of their associated preparations may aid translational research or clinical decision-making. This involves a variety of uses including early detection, diagnosis, and risk assessment, as well as predicting treatment response, determining prognosis, and as a surrogate endpoint for evaluating chemotherapy and new therapies and methods for the prevention of neoplasia. On that point, can you talk a little bit more about the important tasks of exosomes in the field of translational medicine research? Of course. Importantly in translational research, exosomes can be picked up and carried in the blood or shed into a variety of biological fluids. For example, biological fluids such as urine, ascites, and pleural fluid can be readily used in clinical applications. Notably, measurements of biomarkers in the exosomal compartment of biological fluids may be as sensitive and specific as measurements of the same biomarkers in the matching fluids. Concentrations of specific biomarkers may be more concentrated in exosomes than in biological fluids from which exosomes have been removed. Measurement of biomarkers or biomarker panels in the exosome fraction may be more sensitive and specific for answering specific clinical questions. So how the clinical utility of different biomarkers is determined? Each clinical utility must be determined by translational studies of each biomarker or panel of biomarkers. You know, various such uses have been proposed. 
For example, Claudin-4, a biomarker for ovarian epithelial tumors, was increased in exosomes isolated from the blood of ovarian cancer patients. MicroRNAs that have been proposed for the diagnosis of lung cancer have been found in tumor-derived exosomes from lung cancer patients. Likewise, delta-catenin, PCA3, and TMPRSS2-ERG were detected in tumor-derived exosomes in the urine of prostate cancer patients. They are putative molecular biomarkers for the early diagnosis of prostate cancer. As far as I know, such biomarkers in exosomes can also be used to determine treatment response. Could you please give us an example? Sure. The presence of tumor-derived exosomes in biological fluids has been reported. These tumor-derived exosomes contain biomarkers of tumor characteristics in the bladder, brain, colorectum, and other tumors, such as melanoma and renal cell carcinoma. So, as you can see, it is not difficult to conclude that the increased presence of molecular biomarkers in biological fluids from individuals may be useful for clinical decision-making, as well as translational research based on specific biomarker measurements. Since tumor-derived exosomes may contain increased concentrations of specific tumor antigens, can exosomes be used to stimulate cytotoxic T-lymphocyte responses? Definitely. Specifically, tumor-derived exosomes can be used to stimulate dendritic cells. An exosome generation by dendritic cells in vitro can avoid the negative therapeutic effects of using tumor-derived exosomes, for example, suppressing immune surveillance. Trials using this approach have so far been safe, but, as far as I know, responses have only been modest. Alternatively, due to the role of tumor-derived exosomes in suppressing immunity in patients with tumor lesions, direct targeting of tumor-derived exosomes could be used to reduce the suppression of the immune system in tumor patients. Then any strategies have been proposed to reduce the inhibitory effect of tumor-derived exosomes on immune surveillance in cancer patients. Yes. One approach is to prevent or reduce the transfer of molecules into TD exosomes, which may suppress immunity such as FASL. Alternatively, molecules that may selectively stimulate immune cells can be introduced into tumor-derived exosomes in vitro. This would allow selective targeting of tumors. In addition, factors that reduce tumor-derived exosome release can be exploited, such as cellular pH methods, that can specifically remove tumor-derived exosomes from circulation. For example, some form of hemopurifier can be used to remove tumor-derived exosomes from the blood. This hemopurifier selectively removes tumor-derived exosomes through immobilized antibodies that specifically bind to tumor-derived exosomes, thereby reducing the inhibitory effect of exosomes on immune surveillance. That's relieving. Exosomes have been reported to play a role in selectively exporting specific drugs, such as doxorubicin and cisplatinum, from tumor cells. What's the point of this? It means that tumor-derived exosomes involved in exporting drugs from cells may be targeted to make specific drugs more effective. I think this reduction may be targeted by exosome depletion therapeutics, by reducing the production or release of tumor-derived exosomes in tumor cells. You know, we can achieve this by locally altering pH or selectively targeting the VPS4-alpha signaling pathway. 
We mentioned earlier that tumor-derived exosomes can selectively target malignant cells through autocrine interactions. So can we say they are a means of delivering drugs, small molecules, and gene therapy drugs to selected tumors? Yeah, you can say that. Let me give an example. As you know, curcumin, a polyphenol with anti-inflammatory and anti-tumor activity, has been used to reduce the effect of tumor-derived exosomes on natural killer cytotoxicity. Unfortunately, solubility and bioavailability limit the therapeutic use of curcumin. Although its effectiveness can be enhanced by encapsulation in lipid formulations such as liposomes. In contrast, curcumin delivery and bioavailability can be greatly improved by incorporating curcumin into exosomes. In a mouse model, researchers found that curcumin delivered via exosomes was more effective in preventing septic shock than liposome delivery. Although not directly related to cancer treatment, I think this approach shows how specific drugs can target tumor cells via exosomes. I see. The potential use of exosomes in clinical medicine has been the focus of many patents. These include the use of exosomes to increase immune responses to tumors, facilitate the specific delivery of therapeutic molecules to tumors, block or reduce the export of drugs and molecules to cancer treatments, and remove molecules through hemopurifier. This work is reported to be ongoing on exosomal and non-exosomal vesicles. What are the relevant studies? For example, vesicles from lower organisms, such as amoeba, have been proposed as vehicles for the transfer of a variety of molecules to eukaryotic cells. In addition, vesicles were constructed from erythrocytic ghosts, filled with doxorubicin conjugated with folic acid. This formulation was stable and showed increased cytotoxicity compared to doxorubicin or doxorubicin-loaded vesicles. Interestingly, mesenchymal stem cells have been selectively immortalized by lentiviral transfection of the MYC gene. The purpose of this cell line is to provide a stable, uniform source of exosomes for potential therapeutic use. Therefore, methods for the selective delivery of drugs, bioactive molecules, prophylactics, and gene therapy using vesicles are being actively developed. I believe some business and academic organizations are advancing in this field. To summarize today's content, the clinical impact of tumor-derived exosomes is that they help tumors avoid immune surveillance, help tumorous lesions progress and spread more quickly, and serve as a route to therapy resistance. Due to their deleterious effects on blood and other body fluids, tumor-derived exosomes may be a selective target for therapeutic intervention by removing them. In contrast, exosomes and other vesicles may serve as vehicles for the selective delivery of drugs, small molecules, prophylactic agents, or agents for gene therapy of tumor lesions. Is there anything you want to add, Dr. Hofstadter? Well, in addition to what you mentioned, other clinical uses may focus on using tumor-derived exosomes as a subfraction of biological fluids. Biomarkers are measured therein to aid in the early detection and diagnosis of disease, to determine prognosis, predict treatment efficacy, and measure therapeutic response to treatment. This use will depend on the molecular content of tumor-derived exosomes, which should differ from exosomes from relevant diseased controls or normal individuals. All of these potential uses of exosomes are currently an active area of translational research. 
I think that's a great way for us to wrap things up. Thanks again, Dr. Hofstadter, for your wonderful science popularization. Thank you all for joining us, and stay tuned for future episodes. See you next time. Thank you. I hope we will see you next time.